I'm Hayden Williams and this is the Man in the Mirror podcast where each week I talk to a guest about their life, about their work and about those bathroom essentials that they really can't do without. It might be hair products, grooming, skincare, fragrance. They tell us about tips and tricks, what works for them, what doesn't and how they feel about the morning and evening routines of skincare and grooming. Um, this week I'm joined by Nick Carvel who is a journalist who's written for many of the men's monthly titles. Uh, he's written for GQ, he's written for The Guardian, and currently he's also head of content for Walpole UK, who are the body that promote British luxury. Uh, Nick writes about fashion and grooming, fragrance, about design. Um, I met Nick quite recently and I was really keen to get him on the podcast because all the years he's worked in the media, you know, he's obviously had a hell of a lot of products that have come across his desk, so he has a really deep insight to things that work and and obviously more importantly things that work for him so i hope you'll enjoy the podcast this week um nick was a fascinating interviewee um i'll check back with you afterwards but this is nick carvel on man in the mirror welcome along to another episode of man in the mirror and this time i'm joined by writer nick carvel hi nick how are you hi very well thank you how is uh, south london treating you it's treating me very well, thank you. You're you're a bit further north than me, but actually, when we spoke last time, you have you have this area or sort of edge of Kent, southeast London, in common. weren't you born around here? Yeah, yeah, that's where I was born. Um, my parents moved away relatively quickly because my dad's job transferred out to Japan. Uh, weirdly enough, um, just oh, after really? I was born, so I never really knew it, um, and I've only gone back in back in later years. I didn't know that. So, how long did you spend in Japan? I technically spent two years there, but of course, the the sad part is that my you know my mum and dad always tell me these amazing stories about it, but I was obviously tiny. Like zero to two, so really you know don't don't remember any of it. I, I the, my first memories are in uh, in the glamorous uh, sort of bed, Bedfordshire uh, Bedfordshire <laughs> suburbs where I grew up. I mean, it has you know it has a, a similar resonance and similarly exciting. It's funny though. I mean, it's it's a conversation for another time, but um, and I'm, I, I've no doubt you've been back to Japan with work since then, but I, I spent two of the best years of my life, sort of post-university, mid-90s, um, teaching English in Japan, and I just fell in love with the country. And any opportunity, anybody sort of tells me about their time there or they visited or they like it, it just uh, gets me all excited and just start reminiscing about my time there and what, what, a, what lovely well, people they are and what a fascinating country it is. Have you been back with, with work? since no no i've never managed to get a, a press trip to oh, japan no. that would be the the dream i remember that at would one be point, good wouldn't it yeah it'd be so good um, but the next time i see you i'll bring along my um i've still got my like learning to count to 10 in japanese disney book uh, at home it's my <laughs> thing I really have from those days i'll bring it along and can you still do it uh, no <laughs> oh, okay. i don't think i can even Go do it at the time <laughs> because <laughs> I, I it was so long ago for me I you know I'm a fair bit older now but and, and I went as a, a sort of team I was in the public school system so I was a sort of team teacher so I didn't it, didn't, it, it was I was engaged through the Japanese embassies so I didn't necessarily have to have any language Japanese language before I went but I sort of you know picked it up and did some classes when I was there but it's it's so long ago and I wish I'd sort of kept it up but the one thing sort of etched in my memory is this self-introduction I had to do in you know different high school classes and I think I you know I could just about sort of pull some of that out but it almost becomes like a kind of script you know sort of little little intro thing that you'd write on a blackboard or something I think I could remember that but mm -hmm. yeah I wish I'd kept it up more 
Mm. Anyway, but um, thank you so much for for joining me, and and I've really been looking forward to talking to to you, Nick, because you know you're someone that that lives and breathes you know, fashion and and um, design and and grooming and and men's products, and I think it's been it'd be really good to get someone you know who who writes for a lot of men's titles to to talk about this area and, and man in the mirror is all about talking to men and also finding out products that they they really like and they really rate but i guess i'd really like to know first of all what what got you into writing and and i guess writing in this realm of of you know menswear and design and fragrance and grooming were you always wanting to be a writer i think i suppose i, I suppose so um I guess when I went to school, obviously, I really, um, I really enjoyed writing in the sort of traditional subjects that you tend to do writing in, like English yeah. literature and history. Um, but I suppose I never really um, connected uh, that to a career. Yeah, in a making way. money um, as a profession. When you do those sort of uh, tests at school where they tell you what your your careers are, I think I mostly got. You get you get kind of more corporate things, right? More traditional yeah. things. So I think I used to. What did I they suggest? Oh, well, I used to get teacher, and I used okay. to get architect. Were the two that always came through? Which I mean, I would have loved to have been an architect. Actually, I, I, I I'm hugely interested in design, which is why increasingly yeah. I tried to write more about it. Um, but you know, I never really considered journalism, and it never really came up. Um, but I've always been interested in fragrance, and I you know, as, as you kind of guess from the fact that my dad's job was transferred out to Japan. Um, my dad traveled a lot, um, for work when I was growing up and, um, often for quite extended periods of time to quite far away places. And, um, he always used to bring me back, um, those little sort of coffrets of fragrance, um, that you oh, get in the, in the duty free or on the plane. Yeah. Or the plane. Um, yeah. And I have very, very fond memories of receiving those um, and and being kind of obsessed with these tiny little bottles of fragrance. And, you know, they were all, you know, I, I was very, you know, I was young in the 90s. And so it's all those kind of 90s fragrances that you think about now. It was all like, you know, Cheruti 1881, um, you know, and Dior. Fahrenheit and things like that. Exactly. Fahrenheit. All of yeah. those. And I remember uh, Aqua de Gio. Um, oh, yes. and I always used to really look forward to that. And I, I, you know, in, in the bathroom at home, I used to have all these little tiny, um, little bottles of, of these fancy fragrances and always used to wear them from a very young age. So I was always interested in fragrance, but writing about fragrance, I suppose I never really considered as an option until I started contributing to the London student when I was at university, um, in the capital. Ah, so you got into it that way through, through student writing. Yeah, and it kind of came from that. Amazing, and and from from writing as a, a student, was it a sort of a natural um, progression into sort of men's magazines, or did you sort of regional papers, or what, what was the progression? Yeah, I think doing doing the writing at um, the London Student um, kind of focused my mind into uh, the fact that I wanted to go into the fashion industry in some way. Um, and after university, I did um, a selection of kind of different uh, internships because at the time I didn't know whether I wanted to be on the PR side of things or on the journalism side of things, obviously both okay. of which involve writing in a, in a very different kind of capacity, but involve writing and storytelling. So I knew I wanted to be in that, yeah. but it kind of came down to wanting to be uh, a journalist in the end. And that was basically because I did an internship at Esquire, which really kind of 
put focus my mind on wanting to do that and wanting to get into men's magazines. And I guess at that at that time, I mean, you know, obviously there's still a massive, you know, there's there's still an importance in in those sort of key men's print titles. But I'm imagining, you know, a few years back with you know GQ and Esquire were were sort of riding high, weren't they? And and really sort of seminal and important publications. It must have been a fantastic place to work. Absolutely. I mean, I wasn't there for sadly, you know, I never actually got a got a full time job at Esquire. But you know those those couple of weeks that I was there were great, and um, and yeah, I think especially as someone who you know didn't I didn't grow up in London, and I always saw London as this kind of very glamorous, um, cool place that I wanted to get to kind of as soon as possible, as soon as I graduated, um, and you know, men's magazines for me were kind of the epitome of that. Um, yeah, you know, coming into you know, where I was getting into the industry was like, you know, 2010, which was like the peak of hashtag menswear, like the menswear blog, um, menswear tumblers, like people being obsessed with the revival of suiting and mad men and, you mm. know, Chuck Bass being everyone's, you know, style icon <laughs> and gossip girl. Everyone was dressed gossip like that. Girl guy. Yeah. So I think it was, it was all very caught up in this, um, moment where it really felt like um an interesting time for for being in menswear uh and being interested in in all the facets that surround that so you know menswear and watches and grooming and mm. pop culture um so it was it was it was fascinating and um and uh, yeah i got really um obsessed with it and decided that that was what i wanted to do and i guess that you know all those different areas you talk about there's a kind of aesthetic quality isn't there to all of it and I, I, I don't know about you I sort of my entry point in via fragrance you very quickly find that those interests in you know it's simply a sort of smelling good suddenly then extends to well I'd quite like some of the grooming products or the wash products or or you know shaving whatever it is you kind of you then up your expectations and, and the things that you want out of those products too so I guess that's a nice segue into to talking about some of the products that you really rate um what about what do you do for for people who don't know your appearance what do, what do you do for sort of grooming and shaving do you have a you have a beard or do, do you shave every day what what about grooming products so i think for a <laughs> for a person that writes about fragrance and grooming um i am not somebody that is necessarily I very much enjoy my routines and we will talk about that later. Um, yeah. however, I'm not the most, um, strict with my grooming and uh, my grooming routines. Um, so I rake, I generally have stubble. I don't tend to go for a full beard mostly because my beard has a very unfortunate patch, uh, in it that even though I, though I don't have a double chin, it makes me look like I have a double chin. So I don't tend to grow my, my beard ah, okay. out because it's, it's just yeah. got a tricky patch in it. Um, a tricky patch. So I, I, have, um, I have stubble most of the time, um, and I tend to trim that once every few days and then yeah. obviously shave, shave the straggly hairs that kind of crop yeah, up yeah. On, on my cheeks and, and lower down below, you know, around my Adam's apple. So that's that ten, That's my sort of lower face appearance. My 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 upper face appearance is I have um, quite dark hair, very dark brown hair um, that's just starting to go grey, and it's very 
Um, there's not a lot of volume to it. Um, it's very, very, um, poker straight. Um, I had a rather misguided, um, experiment growing out my hair during lockdown as, as many men I'm sure did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, and I had this kind of image in my head. I'll say one of the things that I feel was a very, um, important moment in my grooming, uh, history and possibly my adolescent awakening, um, when I was in my teenage years was a fragrance came out called, called Crave by Calvin Klein, which is still, I will ultimately say, still one of my absolute favorite fragrances of all time. They've never brought it back. It was out for like a few years, I think in the I very early 2000s. I don't remember that one. I've got a feeling that if you saw the advert and the bottle, you'd know it, but it's one of those okay. ones that kind of, they obviously like Calvin Klein put a lot of money behind it in the early 2000s and it, it yeah, kind of, yeah. was, it burned brightly for a little bit. But I was obsessed with it. It was in this like, plastic um frosted plastic bottle with a with a with an orange kind of rubber squeezy thing on the side it, it, i mean oh. i mean i'm sure that you know gen gen z looking into it now they'll probably revive it at some point yeah very I need to Google it and have a look. aggressively millennial uh but um <laughs> anyway, but the advert for that it was fronted by this model called travis fimmel who had this incredible like shoulder length blonde Californian surfer kind of hair. And I was like, that is, that is the ultimate. I know what you I mean. want. Um, and so in it, you know, now I'm in my mid thirties, I was like, I've got to kind of dry and grow out my hair now. Cause otherwise I'm just never going to do it. And I grew it out and, um, it got down to my shoulders and did not look anything like, uh, Travis. You didn't look hair. like surfer dude. I did not. No, I looked, um, my head cause it's so, so straight and so fine it was very hard to get any sort of volume into it at all. So it just kind of hung around my face. Um, right. So my hair, I've learned through that process, is just far better suited at being short than being long um, because yeah. at least I can kind of blow dry and cheat my way to some, like, volume and interest in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so what do you use? What do you use in, in your hair? Yeah, I've got to say, like, out of the whole realm of grooming and fragrance, um, I've probably tried out the most things on my hair over the years. Um, okay. Because my, A, I've always wanted to try and like get big Robert Redford in this 1970s <laughs> hair, which is very Love story hair. hair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, um, I've always, I'm firmly of the belief that, you know, you should give everything a try once. I've done so much to my hair. Um, yeah. Sometimes in the name of articles, sometimes just in the name of, giving it a go why not um, yeah. like, exactly like i've dyed i've dyed my hair all kinds of colors i've you know i've tried all kinds of styles and everything but yeah but what i've learned throughout the years there are certain things that work better for my hair and others that don't and and loads, loads of those just do with adding volume and mm. most recently one of the most recent things i've discovered that's been very very impressive is um kerastas genesis om which is a new range they've literally just launched um and okay. it's a whole system that has uh two shampoos a serum uh, a styling kind of clay uh it's not a clay it's, it's much lighter than that um because it's all for hair that um it's all for hair fall basically um mm. so it's all treating uh that and making uh making it look like there is sort of more hair on your head kind of instantly so you've embraced the whole range, have you, with that? You, you use all yeah, of those? Yeah, I've got the whole, the whole system because it's like – because I blow dry my hair pretty much every day. And yeah. I've learned some actually some interesting tips about, about blow drying 
hair to get volume into it and the fact that you shouldn't do it on a very high heat you should do it on a, a low heat low and slow as opposed to high and fast which i was definitely not doing okay. before uh, before that before i kind of learned that that's um, really good good tip so uh that i use on my hair and it's honestly very impressive if any guy is in the same position as me or, or concerned about you know uh hair fall and, and they're seeing a bit more mm. you know, hair hair in the plug hole um you know as as i will fully admit i am in my mid 30s i really recommend it um that's great i'm also but also in in addition to that um i'm a big fan of um kevin murphy's volume powder um volume powder for anyone with fine straight hair um that wants to add volume is an absolute godsend like getting your hair dry and then shaking some volume powder into it and like messing it up it's just right an absolute game changer um and the final thing I'd say with hair is I've always been a big um, hairspray person because my 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 hair sort of drinks product, um, and then by the end, right. by the halfway through the day, it's just kind of all gone. Like any any gone. sort of paste or yeah. anything, unless I put something very heavy in, which I don't because I have fine hair and it would just make me look like I'd permanently got out of the bath all day. I'm just a big fan of hairspray, and and honestly, like I've tried so many hairsprays in my time, and Elnet Supreme Hold is just. The be- it's just the best one that I've come across. Yeah, it's so a far. classic. Um, and you can get it pretty yeah. much everywhere. Um, so the little black labeled Lnet um, is the best one. Although if you don't like the, the, the smell of it, because I know the smell of it could be a bit div- divisive for some people. It's It's got a very yeah. sort of distinctive smell, especially if you're wearing fragrance. Um, yeah. So they've actually released an unscented one now, which I which I use as well. Oh, have um, they? So that's actually good if you're interested in your fragrance. And what about um, skincare, Nick? What do, what do you do... Do you have a sort of a morning ritual with skincare and, and then evening? Are there certain? Do you, have, do you like to use a sort of range of products or, or do you sort of vary it? Yeah. So again, like I, I, I'm very lucky in that my career, I get to choose, I get to try out a lot of stuff, uh, and I get to write yeah. about a lot of stuff. Um, that is lucky. Which is yeah, I mean, which a lot of people don't have, right? And uh, yeah. you know, I and it can be expensive, uh, can't it? If you want to just try something out, and you've got to exactly drop exactly 30, 40 quid on it or something. Exactly. Um, but what I will say um, is that um, you know, I've tr- I've tried a lot, and I think that now when I recommend products, you know, sometimes they're expensive and sometimes they're not expensive. Um, but the things that I tend to talk about that I use myself that are expensive that I now buy for myself are things that I've genuinely been really impressed by. And I think are worth the money. Um, yeah. I don't believe in just spending money for spending money. Um, but there are genuinely some things that you, that I put on my skin that I'm like, Oh God, this feels, this feels good. This feels like it's doing something. Um, yeah. In my teenage years, I had a lot of problems with my skin. I had, I was very spotty and I was on, um, you know, pills for my skin and yeah, um, I was on topical treatments for my skin and I, I put my skin through a lot and mm. it's luckily a position now where it's, it's very happy. Um, but it's taken, you know, a, a while to get there. Um, much more stable now. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I know is that I know that my skin reacts badly in the way to certain pro- products. And right. so I find that, um, when it comes to moisturizers, my skin is much better suited to, water-based and gel moisturizers as opposed to anything that tends to be cream-based so i don't tend to use cream-based things because they tend to just sort of sit on my skin um right, and okay. i feel like i'm wearing a mask all day 
Mm. Um, and then I just get oily and, and it's just not, not pleasant. So, yeah. um, when it comes to product, um, generally every day at the moment, um, I'm using Suzanne Kaufman's, um, moisturizing gel line M, which I'd really recommend. Um, it's incredibly light and just kind of sinks into your skin, um, and leaves wow. you feeling, leaves your skin feeling, um, hydrated but doesn't leave it feeling oily it's, it still leaves you looking matte um, yeah. which is important. you don't want that sort of glossy stuff that sits there too much do you no and, and sure also sometimes with, it's doing good but yeah yeah well also with my skin as well i just know that if i put something on that feels like it's kind of blocking my my pores in that way if it's like oil mm. based or if it's creamy um i just then end up getting even if it looks matte when i first put it on i just know that in the evening i'll get home and i'll look all shiny and i'll yeah. feel uncomfortable and, and that's not, not what i want does that one have spf nick it doesn't no so i have to put that on separately hmm. but so that's what i put in the mornings um in the evenings what i tend to use is um shantakai's vital essence serum um which is also really great it's one of those things you put in it's, it's incredibly light it's a clear gel um and it's one of those things that you just put it on and it sort of, it sinks in immediately and leaves it, it leaves your skin feeling so smooth. It, it leaves it feeling like it's sort of been resurfaced. Um, yeah. Okay. And then you just go to sleep. It's great. Um, Perfect. So I let that do its work. Um, when it comes to face washes, I've tried lots of face washes in my time. And the, there are three that I come back to. Um, and those uh-huh. are Kiehl's um, Blue Herbal Astringent Cleanser. Um, it's Neil's Yard's Rose Facial Cleanser. And, uh, I really love the Tom Ford, uh, facial wash as well. Um, big, mostly because it just those. smells incredible. Um, and again, it's one of those things that you put in it, you wash it off and your skin feels clean, but it doesn't feel like, you know, sometimes you put on a, 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 a face wash in the morning, you t- you wash it off and it feels like your skin has been stretched over your face. Yeah, um, like you've stripped away all, all exactly. Of the and yeah. those three are ones that you just your skin feels clean, but it feels like cared for as well. It doesn't feel like you've just stripped all the oil off it. Yeah. Um, and again, those are like a variety of prices. Yeah, some great suggestions. And what we'll, I'll do is put um, links to their their different social channels on on the show notes so people yeah. can check them out. Another thing I'd add, um, if we're on yeah. face stuff as well, is um, yeah. you know, one of my problems is occasionally I still, you know, as everyone does, I still get blemishes. Um, yeah. And a thing that I that I absolutely swear by now is a blemish gel that's made by the organic pharmacy, um, which okay. is imaginatively just called blemish gel. Um, but it's like a little <laughs> sort of roll-on. Um, yeah. And if you um i find that if you put that on a blemish like it doesn't do it it doesn't clear it up absolutely instantly obviously um but it really helps to reduce redness and help that blemish go down and again like i've tried a lot of spot treatments in my time and that mm. one it just feels like it actually does something um and if you keep it in the fridge um it's actually really lovely just to roll on because <laughs> it's like really oh, that's great yeah it's a metal rollerball so putting that on, yeah, a, one of the, oh, on okay. a very angry spot with like a heartbeat um it's just really Calms it uh, right down and do you do you have um do you use any products around your eyes do you have any of those sort of rollables for your eyes or anything like that um i have i haven't used i'm trying to think of what is so what 
yeah, again, I do like a rollable. We actually, we used to have a mm. jade roller that I used under my eyes. And that, if you keep that in the fridge, putting that on with an eye gel is, I mean, I could happily sit there for 30 minutes doing that. In the evening. <laughs> and it's it, one of the most, if you're having an awful day, put some music on and put an, a rollerball, a cold jade roller with some eye gel under your eyes. And yeah, it's just a, one of the best experiences. Um, however, I'm trying to think of what um, eye gels I've, I have. Um, I don't I mean, if it's one, not a, a regular part of your routine, yeah, it, don't worry but, it, but it is increasingly important to me because I do feel like my under eyes are very, very delicate. Um, mm. I, the, what, it's the one thing I haven't brought into my room with me to, <laughs> you oh, don't worry. Don't um, worry. it's the one well, thing if I you let me in. know, I can, I can add it in the notes if there's some, because your recommendations have been so brilliant. So yeah, far, so I'm sure Let people me, would I will, I will go and get my one from my bathroom and I'll go and tell you at the end. Okay, perfect. Yep. It's so great to hear about those those products and, and we met at a, a fragrance event. So I'm, I'm sure it would be very difficult to narrow down your, your extensive collection. <laughs> but um, I, I suppose it's interesting to know how fragrance fits into your your day. Do, do, you, do you have, do you choose something depending on mood or where you're going or season or how do you how do you select because i'm sure it's not just your one i have no doubt it's not just a one signature scent that you've got many in your range so what's your relationship with fragrance and how do you how do you choose of a morning yeah so i i actually do have a few fragrances um that i absolutely love that you'll keep returning back to exactly yeah, yeah. um but for me i think yeah it's definitely there's definitely something about how I'm feeling mood wise for the day. Um, there's definitely something about what I'm doing as well that will influence that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I tend, I tend, so I preface all this by saying, um, I think the thing that I've learned in my career that has been the most useful for me when it comes to fragrance is working out what you actually like. And I know that that sounds totally no, very totally. reductive. Um, but it's one of those things that I don't think you think about enough until you really start drilling into when you're trying out lots of fragrances. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, um, you know, I looking back, what I really liked from even my earliest childhood, going back to like Craven Chiroti 1881, um, was I really liked citrus-based, fresh, bright fragrances. Like, sure in the 2000s that was probably also tinged with a bit of like sporty american sporty aquatic as well um, yeah. which i still have a big soft spot for though i don't have many yeah. of them left myself although that said i do have a bottle of um uh, i bought my my husband a bottle of uh, chanel allure on sport uh, christmas this year as a bit of a and there again a bit of a throwback to my both of our teams yeah um, which I do steal uh, now. Um, and it still smells good. You still, it still smells great. It's still, still, still a, good one. a great fragrance. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, that now informs how I think about my fragrances now and what I end up with. And, and I think once you've done that, you become a lot braver in what you try. And I think one of the things that I have become increasingly aware of as I got older is that actually I like citrus fragrances, but I also really like florals and floral um, lead fragrances that are again, light and fresh. Um, and you know, we live at a time where, you know, still so many companies pitch fragrances as quote unquote masculine, quote unquote feminine, and it's all marketing. Um, and it's all, 
it's all um, to sort of push you in a direction, um, whatever your gender may be. Mm. Um, and it means that you automatically start ruling out things that otherwise you would have tried. Um, so I now tend to have fragrances. I tend to wear fragrances that I feel, um, I mean, I like them, but they're also not ones that necessarily marketed in a gendered way. Um, uh, and I always encourage people to just, you know, if they like something citrusy, just try lots of citrusy things and work out what it is you like in that citrus fragrance and kind of go with that. So, um, out of that said, um, I have certain fragrances that I always come back to. Um, and those, there are, there are two Joe Malone London ones. Um, those being Basil and Neroli, which was, um, a fragrance that is, is very important to me and very special because it's the fragrance I wore on my wedding day. Um, so it's a beautiful scent as well. Really good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely because again, it's, it's got both of my things in it that I like, right. It's, it's herbal and it's floral and it's also citrusy. Um, so that's kind of like one of my everyday fragrances, um, alongside Joe Malone London's grapefruit which again, I think is just yes. an incredible, maybe a bit more summery, like Basil and Neroli I tend to wear all year round, but grapefruit kind of, I say for summery, sunny days. Mm. Um, and then the other fragrance that I like in the daytime is Hermes Eau de Narcisse Bleu, um, which is the one that I kind of, I, I sort of pull out if I want to feel um, <laughs> like I want to like, impress people more that I'm speaking to, um, yeah. because you just don't, find it as many places you have to go and search it out um no, I don't, so i don't know that one so well i mean the joe malone ones i think you know, again they're, they're so great at citruses but I, I don't know that one it's really great and i think it's it's a case of like Hermes. those kind of fragrances for Hermes, they don't really pitch in a gendered way but i feel that mm. because it's because it's floral um it's very it, but to me it basically smells like um it's very hard to describe, but it, it smells like diving into um, the feeling of diving into a swimming pool on a summer holiday. I can't really describe it. It doesn't smell like a swimming pool. There's something about it that you spray it on, you're just like, oh, I'm kind of on holiday. And it yeah. doesn't it doesn't smell of swimming pool. It doesn't smell of suntan lotion. It just smells really bright, holiday. fresh, in no way sweet. It smells, it's crisp. It's, it, it's like you're in the middle of, you know, a meadow. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, it's not much better than that kind of that holiday vibe and yeah yeah feeling relaxed and refreshed and yeah it's very i'm i'm in france you know on a boiling hot day and i've you know i'm staying at some sort of you know in the middle of the countryside and going for a swim Mm. in a lake it's that i mean it's very hard to describe but honestly if you can if you if you find it um they, they sometimes have it um they obviously have it in their stores, but they sometimes have it, I think, in, in airports, if you're ever going past. Oh, okay. I'd really recommend it. I think it's really interesting what you're saying about sort of understanding a bit more about the the area of fragrance that, that you like and is going to work for you. And, I, you know, I, I've also just – a lot of the fragrances I gravitate towards are, are not – you know, they tend to be more of the niche variety, not because – if there's any kind of snobbery about it but it's just i like some of those um brands and fragrances but they they they're not gendered so much and i have this real debate about you know it'd be so much easier if if in stores in general they you know they didn't have women's and men's fragrances but i know that that's you know it's not realistic is it it's almost it's like saying well you know why do 
clothes stores have you know different departments for men and women but but I think you're right if, if you sort of throw off some of those shackles and just open yourself up to notes and and um raw materials ingredients that you like yeah then there's there's so there's so many fragrances that would um that, that could work but I think sometimes I think particularly for men yeah the they I don't know if they're sort of scared to find out that information or sort of look into ingredients a bit more and and just there's that habitual thing isn't there just keep buying the the same thing over and over or or something yeah and I think or flankers that are related to it whatever but um there's so much great stuff out there to to discover yeah well I think if you're if if you're coming across fragrance I mean you know the the most the place you tend to come across fragrance the most are the places that stock fragrances that are very heavily marketed and very heavily Mm. gendered but you know a lot of freight i mean there are very few fragrance houses now that really gender their fragrances so aggressively like you know it's very rare to see that at a lot of uh places Mm. like so i mean i've got to say that one of the things that i felt really helped me and one of the things that i always recommend to people when i'm talking about fragrance is fragrantica which I think yeah. is oh, such great. an incredible yeah. resource, even if the only way you use it, like not necessarily for reviews, um, because obviously everyone's review, everyone's opinion of a fragrance is different. What I might like, someone else might not like. Mm. Um, however, I think what it's incredibly useful for are the scent pyramids and the notes, because once yes. you look yeah. up a few fragrances and you're like, oh, well, the thing I actually really like in this fragrance that is in common with all of these is, yeah, I don't know, bergamot or yeah. amber or, or tea or something yeah exactly um yeah. or violet you know you're like mm. oh i really like these kind of soapy fragrances because there are certain things that people i think have complete stereotypes about and kind of avoid the idea of like patchouli you know has mm. such a bad rep in so many fragrances it does however you know there are a lot of very interesting fragrances that have patchouli in and where patchouli is used very differently to what the stereotype might be on your head Mm. Or a fragrance like, you know, a note like, I don't know, cannabis, where you have a very set idea of what you think cannabis is going to smell like because, you know, you may have smelled it somewhere. But then you realize the cannabis note is actually very different to what you probably think it is. Um, mm. So there's loads of things like that that, that something like Fragrantica really helps you with. Yeah, um, it's a fantastic resource. Yeah. Um, Do you think, Nick, you know, with your with your work, do you, do you think the landscape around grooming and fragrance for men is, is changing? Do you, do you think we're, you know, getting more open in the way we talk about it in the way that it's covered in the media and things like that? What, what's your experience these days in 2022? Well, I, I hope so. I mean, I suppose I, you know, I very much come from this angle in the fact that I, I read the kind of, uh, I contribute to the kind of publications that I guess, talk about fragrance in this kind of, you know, very invested way. Um, so I don't know, like if you're looking at, you know, if I go to my local boots and look at the fragrances there, you know, how, you know, that's still the kind of place where it'll be very heavily. This is a masculine fragrance. This is a feminine fragrance. These two are kept apart and they don't cross over. Um, however, I think, when it comes to, I think that it is getting less. I think that is getting less important to people. Mm. But I also think that actually more people are invested in having fragrances that make them feel good. And especially after the past few years where we've 
you know, through various lockdowns, been sort of starved of, of contact with other people, but also been starved of of experiencing different smells, as as crazy as that sounds. I think a no, lot of people yeah, have become more interested in fragrance, not only for themselves, but also for the, the homes and the areas immediately around them. Um, I know yeah. I certainly have, and I know that I'm totally geeky about that. And, you know, I, I, I do take, put a lot of emphasis on having like scented candles your yeah. around our house that are in yeah. different areas. So, but I think I feel that more people are more invested in that now. And I think it goes hand in hand with, you know, the whole movement over the last, 10 20 years around food and think it's you know people wanting to know about provenance a bit more and and yeah you know what the what the ingredients are and how sustainable things are i think all these things go go hand in hand no i i, I totally agree i think but i guess you, you know you are in a, in a sort of rarefied position where you know you're you're immersed in the industry and i think it's, it's still i don't know people i talk to sometimes there's, there's still this i don't know whether it's me sort of being particularly sensitive about it but i think sometimes people still when i'm talking to men about it there's this feeling that it's somehow on a sort of effeminate thing to spend too much time thinking about which obviously i don't agree with but then you know, why is it why is it any more valid to have an interest in wine or cigars or cars or anything like that you know it's um i don't know it's uh not going to change people's perceptions um you know, instantly but it, it's it's you know very interesting to to hear your, your view on it well i would i would say um one of the things that i really noticed when i was working um at gq which is a few years ago now so i imagine this is even more true now um but when we used to do i did a whole series online of um not only like best fragrance of the year and lists like that which obviously do very mm-hmm. well but i did a whole series at one point commissioned a whole series about that, that kind of broke down what different ingredients in fragrance were, um, why they're kind of used, um, and the best fragrances that use that note. Um, so, like, we did, you know, a guide to Neroli, a guide to Bergamot, a guide to Amber. Um, and they did phenomenally well, traffic wise. be really useful. Um, and I think that there is, there are more men out there now that, you know, want to, as you say, really get into what the provenance is of what they're wearing and learn mm. more about it. Um, mm. And I think that the, yeah, that, that idea that it's something not to spend your time on, I think is, is not what the majority of men hold now. Um, mm. I think most guys want to find out about what they're afraid and have a fragrance that they can talk about and that makes them feel great and confident at a time when it's very yeah. hard to, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of even, even down to things like, uh, you know, being in the workplace and feeling like you're the best version of yourself because it's tricky to be in workplace yes. at the moment. Yeah, it's a tough job. I think that, that encapsulates it perfectly. And it's, it's, it's kind of no more or less than wanting something that makes you feel good and smell good and, and yeah, be the, be the best version of yourself. I think mm. perfect way of um, describing it. So where, Nick, you're, in your thirties, hmm. am I right? So yes. I just, just in terms of you know how you feel about your appearance now, and it strikes me from the conversation we have, you know, you're, you're obviously very engaged in in um, products and trying to do the, you know the, the best thing for your 
appearance. I mean, are you are you someone that's sort of comfortable in in their skin? You know, when you when you look in the mirror, are you kind of you are you happy with what you see now? Or do you ever think, oh, there's something I'd like to change, or is that not in your thoughts at all? I mean, I think. <laughs> I would say that, yeah, I mean, looking in the, looking in the mirror, I'm happy. Um, I, I think, you know, you go through a few years wanting to look like, you know, other people that are, you know, infinitely maybe more handsome than you are. Um, and you surfers, Australian surfers with long hair. <laughs> yeah. Long hair. Or, you know, you know, waking up tomorrow, look at Jake Hall. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I think I, I come from a position where I've um, certainly when it comes to like grooming and things like I, I really did struggle with my with my skin um, in my teenage years and then my early 20s. And I've also had um, issues um, with my with my eyes over the years. Um, oh. And and I will say that another one of my grooming essentials is Cellulivis 1% saline eye drops, um, which I have, always have a constant supply of. Um, right. But you know, when you when you've when you've been through through anything that, that that's like that, you know, like having an issue with your eyes or an issue with your skin, that are both very visible um, yeah. manifestations of, um, of 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 that, that can really dent your confidence. Um, you know, I'm very happy that I've got to a point where I can you know manage both of those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's always, I think, you know, when now I'm in my thirties, most of my, most of my uh, maybe concerns about, um, physical things are more from the point of view that, you know, am I future proofing my health at this stage? So, you know, I've noticed over the past few years, for example, uh, that I've started to get, um, varicose veins in my legs and okay. that's, not something that I'm really thinking of from an aesthetic point of view, but I am thinking that is probably something that I need to look into now in my thirties because it's something that's going to future-proof my health moving forward. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's probably that's, in terms that's of, a concern of mine at the moment that I need yeah. to I need to address and I haven't done and I probably should do very you know at some point soon. Um, and that you would have a procedure to. To remove the the varicose veins, something like that. Well, whatever is best for them, mm. really. Yeah, I would say. Um, I'm, mm. I'm, you know, it's it's actually an area that I don't know a huge amount about. I know there are various treatments for it, um, mm. but I, you know, it's definitely something that I need to go and consult someone about. Um, yeah. To learn more about the situation and see what can be done. So, but yeah, but you know, overall, very, you know, I've got I've got my health and I'm happy. Yeah, and I think, and as as cheesy as it sounds, I think the inner happiness and, and confidence that emanates, doesn't it? I think that that gives people a, a good aura and an energy anyway, I think, mm. I, I, would, I would say. Uh, but that links neatly to asking about things that make you happy. Well, mm. If, um, yeah, if I just, as simple as, yeah, what makes you happy, Nick, what, what would that be? Yeah, I think um, a question like that is obviously. It's <laughs> I big. Think it's probably it's big. I know it's big, and there's obviously there's kind of two two ways to answer that. I suppose there's there's the the glib answer, and there's the actual answer. Um, and the actual answer of is obviously you know having. Thank you. Go go actual. 
<laughs> well, we'll, we'll get yeah, we'll get that one first. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the actual the actual answer is obviously you know the, the people the people closest to me make me happy. You know, my my husband yeah. makes me happier than I ever thought I could be. Um, we have a dog; he's ridiculous. He makes me very happy. Um, and having you know lived through uh, the past couple of years with the pandemic, um, we actually we got married in 2019 and, and made a plan to move and, and live with my parents um, okay. uh, in order to kind of prepare for trying to get our own place. Um, and mm-hmm. of course, you know, no one had thought about the pandemic in when, when we started making that plan in, in January and I like handed our notice in our place in London. Um, however, um, by the time we actually moved back, which was set for six months after that, which is was after the first lockdown had literally just uh-huh. lifted. Um, that that plan became had become something very very different, and we've now lived out with my parents for two years. And you know, at a time when um, not many people you know, had the opportunity to see their their loved ones, certainly see their mm. parents for a lot of the last couple of years, I feel very very lucky that I've managed to spend that couple of years with my parents, seeing them yeah. you know, every day. Um, and of course, that makes me incredibly happy. I'm sure it's not without its challenges, but like you say, that's that's you know fantastic to be oh, able, sure. you know, where so many people have had all, all that distance then you were able to be with them all the time that's amazing exactly and that's that's families right like yeah know. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but making that work in the same house is is no mean feat so you know there's obviously a lovely bond there if if that's working well for you guys yeah 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 exactly and they're they're obviously fantastic with the dogs that's all that's brilliant as well so yeah. albie albie is happier than anyone uh, our dog he gets um, lots of people walking him and looking exactly. after him. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then, of course, on top of that, you know, all my I have a really um, close group of friends who who make me happy as well. Um, but what I will say is that the slightly more, I suppose, glib answer to that that question is links to that in some way. It's like getting getting out and about makes me happy. Um, the idea of being able to socialize my friends in places outside of you know work and home um, makes me very happy. So getting to go to to, to nice restaurants which are now reopened yeah. um i've made me very happy um uh and you know going going to the theater makes me very happy um my husband actually works um in the, the, the theater world um and so you oh, know, we've had a couple of years of not going to theater very much and now we're getting out and about going to see things which is which is really fantastic and that must have been really difficult for him as well because there must have been a period where well i don't know in what capacity but it was it was so challenging, wasn't it, for the whole yeah? It's been a, it's been a arts and creative sector. It has been rather a challenging couple of years. I mean, he's handled it yeah. obviously fantastically, um, but yeah, I think it's been a really challenging couple of years. Um, but yeah, I mean, my other answer would be, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of listening to Desert Island Discs, and um, you know that they have like, what's your luxury that you take away uh, on your yes. desert island with you? Yeah. And so my 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 ultra glib answer to this, um, which would be my answer on Desert Island Discs, when when you're on, think about, when you're on, when sorry, they come to you, when I'm on, yeah, well, I, this is, I think this yeah, is yeah. Desert Island Discs. I don't think I'm actually going on on Desert Island Discs anytime soon. <laughs> I'm sharing it now. Um, Do it now. Yeah, no, they they say what your luxury is, and my I can never quite decide what my luxury is. But two things that make me genuinely very happy that are consumables. Um, that, that always bring a bit of a smile to my face are either sparkling water or whipped cream. Um, I absolutely <laughs> love whipped cream. Um, uh, I don't think uh, you'd uh, say those. Yeah. Um, however, I feel that on a desert island, uh, whipped cream would be a poor choice. 
Yeah. Um, I just think that's going to that's going to curdle We're really keep well. Yeah. yeah. No, and you're not going to fancy it on a desert <laughs> island. Um, like, what are you going to put it on? Cloying. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so no, th- those are my two things that, in a in a in, in a glib way, make me very happy. But I do genuinely love sparkling water. I'm I'm quite quite obsessed with fizzy water. Um, uh, and I would rather have that most times than most other drinks. So. Those are, yeah, those are my, my sort of silly glib answers to that. Sparkling no, that's, water. That's a really <laughs> good insight. So if you were you know, out with friends and your husband and your dog in a really nice cafe drinking sparkling water, you'd be happy as anything. Yeah, I'd probably have a glass of wine as well. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not pure abstinence. Oh, Nick, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I really appreciate the fact that, you know, you've, well, there's so many fantastic products that, that you obviously use and, and, taken time to talk through and, and talk about the benefits it's um you know it's exactly what this podcast is all about um thank you so much you take care and we'll speak again soon yeah it's been wonderful to chat so yeah hopefully see you in oh, real thanks, life uh, at some point in the near future you will you will thanks nick bye it was so good to spend some time with nick and i think he had some fantastic suggestions some brands i knew some some that i didn't so what i'll do is put them in the show notes so if you want to find out more you can do um if you want to find nick on the socials he's on instagram at nick carvel which is n-i-c-k-c-a-r-v-e-l-l thanks to nick and thanks to you for joining me and i'll see you next time on man in the mirror